Here at Doxedo Hatfield, we are a family on mission. Make sure to get connected by joining us at one of our Sunday services. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Good stuff, guys. Are you as excited for this morning as I am? Come on, for this preach. Woo! Beautiful. I'm going to just throw it out there, but I'm sure you guys know this. But today is my last day with you guys at Docs Hatfield. So, all right, I'm going to give you my absolute best. Is that a deal? Okay, and then you guys are going to give me your absolute best, which is your beautiful selves. Awesome. Guys, so open up your Bible with me. To Matthew 5. So as you know that we are in a series called Blessed Beyond Measure, and we've been spending a couple of weeks together around the famous portion of Scripture that is called the Beatitudes. And so Jesus goes up to this mountain, and he starts preaching, he starts sharing this message about what it means to be blessed. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've actually spent some time on this question, is what is it to actually be blessed? Is it some sort of a material possession is it status? Is it when it's going good? Is it going, if, if it's going well with you, then you are blessed? And throughout social media, and I think especially in the beginning of the year, right? I mean, this is now typically January, New Year's resolutions. Everyone wants to be blessed. We want the good life. Come on, guys. Let's not feel guilty about it. I want the good life. Anyone else? Okay, who is, who's really wanting an even worse year than last year this year? No one. We want a better year, right? <laughs> I want even more from 2022. And that is a good desire. But friends, let's not get that confused. Being blessed has got nothing to do with how we see our circumstances or even how well it's going with us. Being blessed is so much more. And I think throughout the year, you will see this as people slowly, slowly, slowly start realizing that what I thought this year would be is not what it is. Maybe there's some hurdles and challenges waiting for us around the corner. We might even not know that. And so we are hopeful. Yes, we are expectant. But friends, let us not confuse the blessing that God has for you for 2022 with things that are going well. Two different things. And I want to highlight just two things from the last couple of weeks that we've spent on. And the first thing about the Beatitudes, and I'll be referring to the Beatitudes as the blessed life, is that number one, it's not what we can do for God, but what we can receive in Jesus and what He has already done. Come on. Yeah. Who was that? Charlie, was that you? We had a deal. I'm going to give you my best and you're going to give me yours. And so, Charlie, thank you so much for that. We said a couple of weeks back that our hearts can truly, guys, find encouragement in the fact that we know that this is not Jesus preaching at you, telling you this is what you have to do if you want to be blessed. This is what you should do. Even after a very long 2021, and most of us walk into this year actually feeling a bit tired still, wishing that we had an extra week or two of leave, right? Amen. The gammon is done, guys. Gammon is finished. There's no more bryflies left. Christmas decorations are coming down, and we feel, oh, man, if I only had a couple of more days of 
rest. And Jesus is saying, be comforted, guys. Be encouraged. Being blessed is not something you have to do. In 2022, on the 2nd of January this morning, you can walk into God's rest knowing that what He has in store for you will bless you. It'll bless you out of your shoes. Come on, donkey Shali. <laughs> Guys, Jesus has a desire as He is preaching these words and He's speaking over us this morning. Jesus had this desire and still has this desire today that we would come to know and see and experience the blessing that he has to offer for us. This blessing that Jesus wants to bestow on us and pour over us and saturate over us, in his mind, is not optional. He wants you to have it. He wants you to have it. And so you don't have to jump through these hoops. And that's number two. As we just recap some of the thoughts that we've heard over the last few weeks, is that the Beatitudes, the blessed life, is a promise that precedes a practice. I'm going to say it again. It is a promise that precedes a practice. In other words, it comes before. It's not us working for the blessing. It is us walking from the blessing. Do you understand that this morning? That if you read the Beatitudes, blessed are those. It is not if you want A, you have to do B. If you want to be blessed, you will do this. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying that you are blessed. Point of reference. Our starting point, and from that, that promise of being blessed, we find something that we can participate in. We can practice it, practically walk it out. In other words, if I promise you a million rand right now, who wants a million bucks? I've got it right here. <laughs> if I promise you a million bucks, and I ask you, Start thinking about how you want to spend it. That makes sense, right? But it's impossible for you to spend that money without having it in your hand. You can think about what you want to buy. Are you thinking about what you can do with a million bucks in 2022? I know you are. But it's impossible to actually go and buy those things without having what you need to receive. And that is a stack of cash. And this is what Jesus is saying in the Beatitudes is I'm giving you the stack of blessing. You have it. Now walk it out. Now go and live in this and spend that blessing which you already have. So the question of what is a blessed life is simply answered by it's living in step with what Jesus has already done. It is walking in this evidence of what he has spoken over me. And if you miss this, guys, if you miss this, you will miss what Jesus meant when he says, I want to bless you. If you walk away from the service this morning feeling like you have to perform and you have to do, you've missed it. You've completely missed it. Jesus is desiring for us to grab a hold of what he has already given us. Can we just do that? Just grab the air quickly. Come on, we're going to be that church this morning. Just grab it, guys. Jesus is giving it. Are you having it? Are you grabbing it? Because if you miss that, you will miss what he has in store for you. So let's page to Matthew 5, verse 6. It's a very, very short verse. But it's got so much loaded into it. And it starts off by saying, blessed are those. There it is. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because they 
will be filled. I want us to take a moment, just on the table. That's why we've got cookies put out for you. If you are like two people at a table or three people, just join the table next to you just for this couple of minutes. But I want you just to discuss the question, why do we make New Year's resolutions? And have you made any New Year's resolutions? Before we jump into this Matthew portion, I want you to take a few minutes and discuss this. Why do people make New Year's resolutions? And also, have you made a New Year's resolution? So it takes five minutes, and I'll see you guys after that. Grab some coffee or cookies. Spend some time on this question. I've had some good conversations. The reason why I think people make New Year's resolutions is because we want to see better versions of ourselves in the year to come. In other words, we've had a look at the person that I was the previous year, and I want to improve. I want to be a better Mo. I want to be a better Mana, a better Jason in 2022. Am I right? I want to exercise more. Yes, come on. I want to eat healthier. I want to read more. I want to be more positive. I want to spend more time with family and friends. And we all long, listen to this, we all long, we all hunger and thirst to become better versions of ourselves. And I want to contradict that this morning with what Matthew 5 verse 6 says about that desire, about that longing, that emotion and that moment and that sort of thinking when you look at yourself and you realize that I am not who I actually want to be. When I look back over my life and I see all my flaws and my mistakes and I realize that the person that I am right now, I don't want to be that person next year and the year after that and the year after that. And I believe it's because Jesus knew this. (laughs) I believe that even though we want to improve ourselves, it's not a bad thing. If you want to do more exercise and become more healthier, that's no issue. That's perfectly fine. Jason would hurrah behind you when you say you want to eat healthier. That's literally what he is called for, is making sure people eat healthier. There's nothing wrong with that, guys. But remember this and know this this morning, that even your best attempt to strive for the better you will still fall short of the ultimate you that God has called you to be. I'm going to say it again. Even our best attempt to strive from our own works to become a better me will still fall short of the ultimate me that God has called. And it's not based on my work, but on His. And so this morning, I want to leave you with a quote that St. Augustine wrote when he said, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. That desire that we have, that longing, that hunger and that thirst to be a better version of ourselves is satisfied, not in our own attempts, not when you look back at the end of 22 and you realize, I've accomplished all my New Year's resolutions. Look at them, guys. They're so pretty, all of them. And at the beginning of the year 2023, you'll realize that that list can still go on. 
that 10 kgs that you dropped can actually become 15 kgs. <laughs> Isn't that right? We chase after these things and we realize every time we find them that that is not the solution. And so what I'm presenting to us this morning is that the desire that you have today to find yourself where you are affirmed and where you are confident in who you are is found in Matthew 5 or 6 when we hunger and thirst for righteousness. What is righteousness? It is right standing with God. And so this morning, I want to tell you that Jesus promises to fulfill and to satisfy that desire that you have by giving you righteousness for free. <laughs> Jesus is saying that for you to experience and know and live in your daily life with the confidence and the boldness that you know you are right with God and you don't have to work for it, but you can just receive it, that, friends, is the blessing that Jesus is speaking of. That, friends, is the encouragement that you will find this morning when you hear these words that says, you are good enough. You are saved. When you look back over your life and you realize that I cannot be the best version I want to be by myself, I cannot do it. But by Jesus, I can stand and know that I am in right standing with God. And that from that place, I can live my life fulfilled and satisfied Knowing that every position that I occupy, listen to this, husband and wife, mother and father, son and daughter, friend, co-worker, businessman, sportsman, every position that you'll occupy in life will find its fulfillment, not in your own work, but in the work that Jesus has already done for you. My life will find a new definition as a father, not when I make the list and I say, I want to be more patient because I'm an impatient person. Or as a husband, I want to be more serving because I'm selfish. And every time I make that list, I realize that I fall short. I fail. I forget. I neglect. And then I realize that it's because I am trying to be the better me. Guys, Jesus holds the work and the proof of our righteousness. We don't have to work for or prove our righteousness. Jesus did both of those things. He already did the work. He already said that you are a good father, you are a good husband, you are blessed, you have my affirmation, and you are in right standing with me. And so now I will redefine your fatherhood. I will redefine how I will live and lead through you. Because now it's not Mo trying to be more patient. It is the Spirit of God and the affirmation of God and the identity of God that forms my life, and it becomes permanent. Whatever we will try and do is not permanent. It's temporary. And we will quickly find that after New Year's resolutions, they say about 37 days, people abandon their New Year's resolutions. After 37 days, come on, that's not, it's a month. It's a month of 12 months that we put out that we want to be better. And after one month, we abandon it. And Jesus is saying, it is exactly for that reason that speaks mountains about the human condition and the human character. God knew this. If it was possible for us to save ourselves, if it was possible for you to redeem yourself, if it was possible for you to be the best that you can be, Jesus would not have come. 
And we would not be here together this morning worshiping Jesus. We would, hear, we would be here this morning worshiping you. We would have a church for every single person to be alone in and stand and worship themselves. <laughs> but that's not the reality, guys. The reality is Jesus knew that it is impossible for you to live this life without his righteousness. It is impossible. And so I want to take us to Philippians 3 verse 7. Paul writes very simply, and he says, But everything that was a gain to me, everything that I put out on my New Year's resolution list, every desire that I had that was a gain to me, I consider it now to be a loss because of Jesus Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things, And I have considered them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Be conformed to his death assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Guys, this is incredible. This is the blessing that is offered to us this morning when you realize that your life begins at righteousness. That's why Jesus is saying these words when he says, you are blessed. The opposite of this would have been, you are cursed, you who try and work for your own righteousness you will never be filled. That's the opposite of this verse. But this says you are blessed, done and dusted. You are blessed. Why? Because we hunger and we thirst to be in right standing with God, which we already have. And from that place, I live a life that is filled and satisfied. All my purpose and all my ambition and my drive comes from that place. No other place. It comes from the the knowing that I am right before God. In this scripture, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Matthew 5 or 6, I actually see two angles of being blessed, and I want to share that with you this morning. The first is that as we hunger and thirst, we continually seek Jesus, right? As the scripture says, you are blessed when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, But what happens is every time I hunger and thirst, and I want you to imagine yourself now, when you sit on the couch and you get hungry or thirsty, you go and search for snacks and, and something to eat and something to drink. And you walk to the fridge. And you are not surprised when you open the fridge and you find exactly what you knew you bought because you bought it and put it in there. Am I right? You don't open up the fridge and, I'm so surprised. I didn't know there was fed cook in the fridge. Unless your parents bought it and you just happened to open up the fridge and there was fed cook. There's something about knowing what I'm going to find even before I go and look for it. But even in the looking for it, the walking up to it and the opening and the grabbing it and taking it, there's something that even after that, still, tomorrow, I will do the same thing. (laughs) There's something in that habit of knowing what I want, knowing where I can get it, and going for it and getting it. 
And this is exactly what Jesus is saying here. He says, you are blessed when you hunger and thirst, ultimately for me. Because every time you look for me, you will find me. And guess what? He will find you. When you look out to find Jesus, when you devote yourself to him and long for a deeper relationship with Christ, an even deeper relationship with the word than you had last year, and you dive into the word, you dive into community, you dive into church, and you find Jesus, I already say, you are blessed. That in itself, friends, is a massive blessing when you realize that the God that we love and serve and the God that lives and moves and breathes around you and in your life is a God that is not invisible. It's a God that is so present and a God that finds you and that you can find. Friends, that is already a massive blessing. You could see that in in the reaction of the disciples when Jesus told them that he had to leave them. And the reaction was, no, please don't. That's exactly it with us. Is the Jesus that we long for, the Jesus that we serve, is a Jesus that can be found today. But secondly, what I see in this, let me just quickly read to you John 3 verse 35. Jesus' own words when he says, I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. And no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. Now, this sounds contradictive. Jesus is saying you must be hungry and thirsty, but those who come to him will never be hungry and thirsty again. But I want to put it to us this morning that what Jesus is speaking of is that the type of desire that you have will be fulfilled only in him. That's what Jesus is speaking of. If you would have had Jesus and walked away not satisfied, it would be obvious for you to go and try Muhammad, maybe, or Allah, or Scientology even. I don't know, even the world. It would make sense if people would walk away from, G- from Jesus in church saying that, guys, I tried it and I wasn't satisfied. You know, I did that church thing once or twice and it just wasn't for me. I wouldn't blame you. But the Jesus that I know and love and the Jesus that saved me is a Jesus that still fills me today. After 10 years of loving and serving Jesus, and still I hunger and thirst, but it's not a hunger and thirst that can't be filled. It's a hunger and thirst that is filled every time I get hungry and thirsty, but I get hungry and thirsty for more of him, not more of the world, not more of my own desire, not more of my own hopes and dreams. No, I hunger and thirst for more of Jesus. And that's the difference between the desire that we have that can not be filled anywhere else versus the desire that God placed in you. God made you to want Him. God made you to search for Him. Think about that for a second, friends. God made you to crave and long for His presence. And He is ready, standing there, to fill you and satisfy you every single time. That's the first blessing that I see. But the second angle of blessing that I see there is when we long for righteousness, when we desire to be in right standing with God, we quickly realize this. We quickly realize that it is impossible for you to live your life without being righteous. Just think about this. Everything that you hold dear in your life, 
your ambition and your calling and your fatherhood and, and being a husband and being a wife and being a son, being a daughter, the impact that you want to make in society, what you devote your time to and what you devote your treasures and your talents to, all of that would be impossible to do without being righteous. Think about that. You would not be able to live the life that God called you to live without him saying that you are right before me and that you walk in relationship with me. People who still think that everything life has set out for you is a test and a trial to ultimately win God's approval. How does that even make sense? Because how would you be able to do it without God? How can you even do that? How can you even walk daily? How can you even live one day trying to earn God's love without God? You can't do it. And so Jesus says, no, you have this, and from this righteousness, you can now love. Everything finds its purpose and its place and its meaning in that position. See, people that think righteousness is just the stamp of approval to get you to heaven, right? It's just, this is a once-off declaration that God made. When Jesus died, he just said, you guys, you're all okay. You're lucky people. You're all going to go to heaven, and I will see you there in a few years. If you think that that is what Jesus came to do, you are mistaken, friend, <laughs> because that is not even one grain of sand in an entire desert of what Jesus came to do. What Jesus came to do was give you the life that you now live. Every breath that we breathe now is a breath that God ordained and said, you will be alive in 2023 and I will call you and you will do my work and my ministry. I will form your identity. It's a promise that God made. And all that he says is, if this blessed life, if you experience this blessing of being righteous before God, then pick it up and participate in it. It's that same example of me giving you a million bucks and telling you, I want you to think about how you're going to spend it, and you forget about it. You forget about you have a million rand, right? And months go by, years go by, and sometimes you, you realize, oh, I had a million rand. Does that sound absurd? Yes, it does. Because why would you forget something so valuable? Why would you forget it? If someone would tell you, here's a million bucks, you wouldn't. And it's exactly the same with this. Why would you walk away from God saying you are righteous and forget it? Why would you walk away from that affirmation and forget it? You won't. You will long for more of that. You will depend and push into it even more. You will lean on this hunger and thirst for righteousness even more because you know that your entire life depends on this. Life is not worth living if you are not in right standing with God. In fact, life is not possible to live without being in right standing with God. And this is exactly what Paul writes in Romans 1 verse 16 where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Verse 17, for in it the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. It is impossible for you to live if you are not righteous. And God knew that. He knew that. And that's why he says you are blessed when you realize this. 
when you find Jesus in your daily devotion, when you find Jesus in your workplace, when you find him on the sports field, when you find him in the movies, you are blessed because you found your Savior. But secondly, you are blessed when you realize that it is that Savior that declares you now righteous forever and that your life can form its meaning around that foundation. Every step that I take, everything that I do, everything that I attempt is formed around that declaration that you are righteous. Friends, that changes the narrative completely of what a Christian is. It removes that guilt, that sense of shame, that sense of I'm not good enough. And God says, you are mine. You are good enough. You are called. You are loved. I want to end off with just an example of something that I witnessed now. Two days ago, we went to Volvespreit. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. There's a nice hiking trail, and you go down this valley, and it was raining quite, quite harsh the, the previous evening. And so we get there, and it is mud everywhere. And as we're walking through there, one of the trees standing there with its roots actually had the, the water wash out some of the dirt and the mud from its roots. And so all the roots were visible. And I quickly went to Google just to see what tree this was. And it turned out it was a willow tree. And a willow tree is actually very famously known for having very shallow root structures. So just to give you an example, it's about 10 to 20 centimeters deep. That's about how high the stage is from the floor. This enormous tree, you cannot believe it, has a root structure that I can probably dig as deep with my hands. Probably dig that, that much into the ground with my hands. But because this tree so desperately needs water and nutrition, what it actually does is it then starts spreading out its roots. It, it searches, it longs for, it hungers and thirsts for its satisfaction. And so you'll find around that tree a radius of about 20 meters worth of roots. That's this entire church. One tree. <laughs> And it's so hungry and so searching and so looking for, but it, it's actually so unstable. Just one evening of Tuane rain can wash that tree out of the ground. And one other thing that people notice about these trees is that they are actually a nuisance <laughs> because they're a tripping hazard, number one. People trip over their roots because they're so shallow. And number two, they press up foundations if you plant this tree next to your garden bedding, you will not have a garden bedding in five years. That tree will ruin any foundation that you have close to it. But to contradict this tree with another tree that you will find in South Africa, in the Kalahari Desert, it's called the shepherd's tree. And I, I chuckled when I heard that. And I'm like, it's quite appropriate. Speaking about the Father and what He has planned for us. The shepherd's tree... In the Kalahari Desert, where we all know, not a lot of water there. No Valpre, big fountains there. It's dry, and it longs, and it thirsts, and it hungers for water. But its root structure is about 70 meters deep. Because <laughs> I, I just want to put this in perspective. It's probably from where I'm standing right now to the furthest end of the parking lot. 70 meters deep is that root structure. And the difference between these two trees is they need exactly the same thing. They've got exactly the same desire and longing. 
But the one tree is perpetually mistaken of where it will find it. It is searching ground level. The shepherd's tree knows that water runs deep. I need to go deep. (laughs) And Jesus says exactly the same for us. He says that your righteousness is only found deep in me. Not superficially, not around you in what you see in the world. It is found in me and me alone. And that foundation, guys, that tree can withstand most of the most horrific conditions that you can imagine. That tree will still stand because it is so strongly rooted. And that is what God desires for us this morning. I want to end off with what Ephesians 4 says, 17 to 24. Maybe read this with me. And also just meditate on this. As it says in verse 17, Therefore, I say this, and I testify in the Lord. You should no longer walk as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thoughts, they are darkened in their understanding. They are excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They became callous and they gave themselves over to promiscuity and for the practice of every kind of impurity, the desire for more and more. It's this willow tree searching ground level. But verse 20 says, but that is not how you come to know Christ. Assuming that you've heard of him and that you were taught by him, As the truth is in Jesus, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, and be renewed by the spirit of your minds, and put on your new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Jesus is saying, you are blessed, friend. Do you get that? Do you have it? Did you grab it? Is it sitting in your heart? Is it sitting in your mind? You are blessed. Your life now forms around that. My prayer for you this morning and and, and for the rest of the year for you is that you will continue to root yourself even deeper in Jesus. You will find yourself doubly blessed. (laughs) Blessed beyond measure because you will find Jesus every time you long for him. But you will also find your redemption. You will find your identity. You will find your right standing with God. And that is a blessing for you because it forms your life. Everything that you hold near and dear will find itself rooted in that truth. And friends, the stormy waters and the blazing heat will try and deroot you. And you will look down at your foundation, which is Jesus, and you will find a 70, 80, 90, 100, 1,000 meter deep root that is unshakable. It cannot be moved. Because, friends, we are not banking our faith and our salvation on shallow ground root structures. We are banking everything on Jesus, and it's a deep and strong foundation. I will build my life upon you. Let's pray. Jesus, this morning, we just come and honor you. We come and worship you and we come adore you, Jesus. And I pray that our hearts would be stirred this morning in 2022, not to try and better ourselves or become better versions of ourselves, 
but rather to discover as we long and hunger and thirst for more of you, our own righteousness in you. The righteousness that you've given us, the righteousness that you've worked for and that you hold the proof of. I pray, Jesus, for newfound daily living faith, God-defined blessing in this life because of what you've said, Jesus, that you are blessed. Jesus, I pray for hearts that, that hear this this morning and that like that Ephesians 4 scripture says, where hearts may have been hardened towards this truth, that you will come and soften these hearts, that you will come and renew ways of thinking. Maybe even people, Christians this morning, that are still trying to prove to you, still trying to work for your love. I pray, Jesus, may they see the blessing and the truth and the absolute gift that you give them for free this morning. This blessing that you give over them, saying that you are righteous and you find yourself blessed when you hunger and thirst for that. Because I will fill you. When you crave and you desire and you turn to Jesus, he will never disappoint. He will never disappoint. We pray that in your name. Amen.